He's missing out. Okay, hey, welcome. Welcome to everyone to Sunday School this morning. We are going to be looking at the doctrine on which the church stands or falls, justification. Of justification is our next section in the Westminster Confession of Faith. We are a confessional church. We have a specific confession we follow from 1647. It is the Westminster Confession of Faith. We believe it's a faithful summary of the Scripture's teaching. Within this confession, you see there's a, a logic to it. There, The first nine chapters speak of preliminary matters. Uh, what's our authority? Who is God? What is God's decree? How does He work out His decree in history, creation, providence, covenant, and on down the line into the free will and sin and judgment chapters. That's the first nine. Then you see in the tenth chapter we begin the the uh, application of salvation, application of, of, of how God's going to reconcile with sinners. And the first chapter we saw was chapter 10, which was the last two weeks. And y'all remember what that one was called? Effectual, Effectual calling, yes. Do you, do you remember, by chance, what Romans 8, verse 30 says? Can someone look it up for us? That would be a great place to start today. We'll start there, and then we will pray and begin class. Romans 8, 30. I have it. Okay. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Fantastic. That is great. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, let's pray. All right. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have predestined, you have chosen us, you have called us, You've justified us, and you have just as good as already glorified us because you have wrapped us up into the Son and wrapped yourself into us. We are uh, one with you, and we abide in you. So we ask today that you would uh, produce uh, Christ-likeness in us and sanctify us in your truth, according to your truth, and we pray that you would call us to repentance, call us to faith, and call us to uh, more and more grateful obedience unto you. We ask today that you would uh, speak to us about the doctrine of justification and that it would become a, uh, a seminal moment in our lives where we can look at ourselves and, and, and rest on Christ and the grounds of our justification and, uh, in Him. So we pray that uh, today you would do these things for your glory and we'd give you uh, that praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's, let's work through it here today, guys. Uh, you, you heard the, the verse that Adele read in Romans 8.30, which was, those whom God predestined, those he called, those he justified, and those he glorified. You see, there's an order of application of our salvation. So you see here that God has uh, called us effectually. That there's a general call that goes out to all, uh, but there, there's an effectual calling where God transforms the sinner who, as we saw in the chapter on, uh, on our will, free will, which is chapter 9, there are four kinds of statuses. There's the status of innocence. There's the status of where we are in a fall. There's a status of where we are in grace. And there's a status of where we are in glory. And our will's capacity our will capacity, our person's capacity, our ability to glorify God differs depending on where we reside, what, what state we are in. So we saw the factual calling is where we are brought out of that state of 
only being able to sin, and we're able to follow God, believe God, obey God, or sin is where we are. That's where we live now. We can do both because we have a renewed will. Now, on what basis would God is God to do this? So this is this is the big question. Why would how can God do this? How can God forgive sinners, transform sinners? On what basis? Uh, and so when we think about that, God is righteous. Uh, and how can God, who is holy and righteous, forgive, welcome, and embrace sinners to be his own people is the big question we've got to answer. And that's where you get into the doctrine of justification. So they follow logically from one another to effectual calling to justification, not only in the order of salvation, as we saw in Romans 8.30, but you got to be asking the question, if you're wise to this, why would God do such a thing? And the answer is justification. So we're going to look at the first section of chapter 11 on your handout. We're going to read that together, and we'll, we'll comment on it. So let's hear this. We're going to see what, what is justification first. So though it says, Those whom God effectually calleth, he also freely justifieth. Okay? Not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins. Okay, so let's start. Let's stop right there. Do you see what they're doing there? They're saying, how is it that God justifies us? He's called us. He's justified us. So how does that happen? And it says, not by infusing righteousness into them, not by transforming them into something they weren't before, by, by adding something into them, right? Does, does that make sense? Infusing righteousness? Does that, yeah, I don't, we don't usually talk about that. He's not infusing new character into you to justify you that you didn't have previously. So he's not infusing righteousness into you. But he says, by pardoning their sins and, okay, so listen to that. By pardoning their sins and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous. So, so there's an accounting or accepting as righteous, not an infusing of righteousness, right? So there's a, uh, the, the, when we're talking about justification, we're not talking about our being, of who we are inside of us. We're talking about where do we stand in the basis of God's law. Are we accepted and, uh, and accounted righteous or are we not? Uh, when you go to a courtroom, you might, you might be aware of courtrooms, some of you more than others. Uh, if you go to a courtroom, then uh, you know that there's a status of not guilty. Right, that you could get right, you could be uh, acquitted of uh, of something you're accused of. Is this correct? Not guilty, which means simply you're not guilty of those particular charges. So what we're talking about in justification is the language of law, legal status. But what we're saying here is not just that God forgives your sins and says you're not guilty of your sins, but what He declares of you is well done. Like, well done, good and faithful servant. You are righteous. You are righteous. Right. So it's it's forgiven of sins and righteous. You see that he says it says that you go back to the first line. Uh, those whom God calls, He freely justifies, not by infusing righteousness into them, but by pardoning their sins. Right. You're not guilty. You're you're pardon of those, and by accounting and accepting their persons as righteous. Okay. And then he says, why? How do you do? How does he do that? He said, they say, not for anything wrought in them, or like, so not done in them, 
or done by them. Okay, so they, they've doubled up on this. It's not by infusing something new into them. So it's not, not, not on the basis of some work done in them, right? Not something wrought in them or by anything their hands have done, something that they have done themselves, right? So, but it's only for Christ's sake alone. That is the answer. And it says, nor by imputing faith itself, the act of believing or any other evangelical obedience to them as their righteousness. So, he, so the, he, what they're saying, they want to make sure, sure you're clear on this, is that the grounds of your justification is nothing that's been done in you, nor is it anything you have done, including your faith. Your faith is not the ground of your justification. It's not on the basis of your faith that you have been justified by God. So I think that's a huge point. You feel like there's confusion out there in evangelical world and church world about this topic of, of what is the basis of justification. Or we might even just talk about salvation generically, uh, that you can be saved from your sins, forgiven of your sins, if you believe in Christ and that he died on the cross for your sins. This is the big message. Yeah, if, you, if you believe this, that is, that's what's happening all the time. And I would say that that um, is a partial uh, gospel, partial um, presentation, uh, that you can be forgiven of your sins is good news, but it's only half of the good news. The other half of the good news is that he says, well done, you are righteous. It's a declaration that you are righteous according to God's standards, his holy standards. And so, so that means that you, uh, you know, so, so say you're justified for five minutes uh, and then you, uh, you know, you go to youth camp, you know, and, and you get in your repent and you believe and then, and you got all this enthusiasm and then you go back home to high school and, uh, you know, things get difficult you know, and then you start to send some more. And so then you, then you got it, then you go back to camp again, you sort of recharge and you get re, you know, re-up, re you know, with your, with your enthusiasm and you're, oh, I'm going to take sin seriously this time and I'm going to repent of my sins and I'm going to follow Jesus more obediently. And then you feel like you're more righteous at that point. Uh, and and so, so you see that it's not about what, what they're making the case is. It's not about your, the up and downs of how you feel or what even what you're doing, but it's about a once for all act of God's grace where he pardons your sins and accepts you as righteous in his sight. That is the issue. And it wasn't because you made some decision or you decided to do anything. They're saying it's apart from anything you've ever done. That's not the basis of why you are declared righteous and pardoned. Okay, It's not the act of believing, no other evangelical obedience in them, as our righteousness. He says, but, or they say, by, it's, I'm on the fourth line now, but by imputing the obedience and satisfaction of Christ unto them. There's the answer. It's because of the obedience and satisfaction of Christ unto them and they receiving and resting on him and his righteousness by faith, which faith they have not of themselves it is a gift of God. So we want to make sure we don't, we don't get hung up on this. Okay, I'm justified by faith situation because the faith itself is a gift from God. It is not the merits that determine my justification. Okay, anyone uh, got any questions on that so far? Or discuss it. I'd love to hear some thoughts. Yes. The divines, when they were writing the document, screened uh -huh. over words to 
convey their their thoughts and the thoughts contained in scripture as accurately mm -hmm. as possible. I'm wondering about this phrase, nor by imputing faith itself. Yeah. And I'm wondering about the choice of word in imputing. Uh, should that be infusing? Or? Oh, mm -hmm. um, nor, nor, but where, where are you at here? Faith itself is a gift. Yeah. Or, from God, so we are in some earth, earth. Oh, okay. Nor by, okay. But for Christ's sake alone, nor by imputing faith itself, right? So, so it's, so he's saying, uh, crediting faith itself, nor by crediting, nor by crediting faith itself or accounting faith itself. You could be talking about the faith of Christ there, I suppose. Uh, I, I, but I think the idea here is it's not that he, they've worked something in you uh, or accounted something. Well, that, that's a good question. I, I, have a great, I, have a, I have a lot of questions and no answers on that one. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, it would seem that that's contradictory, Julius. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, okay, I've listened to certain people. Yeah. In our Western and American minds, we think of faith as some sort of um, like a belief type, feeling type thing sometimes. Yes. We're do that. Um, in a Jewish sense, faith is related to faithfulness. Okay. So uh, your, your degree of loyalty, duty, yeah. and, you know, consistency of your behavior toward Christ is also seen as faith. So faith and faithfulness are sort of the same thing. That's why, like, when it says... Without faith, uh, it's impossible to please God, but also without faithfulness, it's impossible to please God. So it also, so in a certain sense, there's, there's, there has to be like a certain sense of, uh, well, duty, uh, consistency, uh, consistently relying on Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, okay, so can I go back to this, nor by imputing, I've thought about this a little more, nor by imputing faith itself, the act of believing, or any other event. So, so it's so when you say faith itself, the act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience to them, as righteousness. So, so he's saying he's they're they're not God is not accounting. You know, so imputing as their righteousness, their faith, their act of believing, or any other evangelical obedience. So you got to go down the line to 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 finish the clause is what I think at where they're going. You see, what I'm saying, Julius. Does that make sense? It's a really confusing sentence because there's yeah. well, so many yeah. semicolons, but it's the very last line let, is let and wants to say Yes, sir. I think that we're splitting hairs, but the real distinction here is one of them is an act. You notice we're doing something. Yeah, amen. Another faith is just believing in it, but by imputing the obedience Right, we're acting on our faith. There's okay, so, there. so, 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 wh what I want to say here, what they're trying to make clear to us is that nothing we do can be accounted as the grounds of our justification. Zero, nothing, not not our faith, not our way. Because so, some people say, okay, okay, the, the God of the Old Testament is really serious about this law stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. you got to do this law stuff. And now the good news is it's no longer about the law keeping, but it's you got to have faith. You know, you got to have, that's the new law. So the new law is a lower standard, right? Just, you got to believe. And so that's going to be, and according to that presentation of the gospel, what puts the grounds of your justification, uh, it puts the grounds of your justification upon your acting in faith. And, and you know, see what I'm saying? So, so you want to, what they're trying to make clear that the scripture doesn't ever teach that. 
Scripture teaches that the ground of our justification is always the person and work of Christ in his passive obedience and his active obedience. So, yeah. One more thing. Yes. They're not talking about us acting. They're talking about Christ acting yes. for us. Right, correct. He, yeah, he, he brings yeah. the, he brings the justification. The distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, amen. Can I give, I think this might help. I don't, I agree, this is very challenging and I don't claim to have a definitive answer, but I think that there's often a simplistic way of of describing this. And that is the word infusing, if you if you know if you've ever if you know what infusing means or if you've ever seen it on a bottle what it means is you know what I'm talking about gin is infused with 29 herbs and what does that mean it means it's soaked in it and becomes part of it and that's kind of that's what Nan's so and this is saying that we are not soaked in righteousness and made righteous like alcohol can be made into different flavors or yeah and there's hundreds right. literally hundreds of kinds of yeah. gin and but then imputed yeah now imputed is often described to little children even as putting on a cloak of righteousness you put on the Christ cloak of right, and it covers us, and that covers up our sin. We're still sinful. That's why we still sin. We still have mm-hmm. an evil human nature, but we are covered, and that's because Christ, God cannot allow evil in His presence. He hates evil. He will not allow evil in His presence. But if you cover yourself with Christ's righteousness, mm-hmm. then, and, and that's why we are declared righteous. I, it doesn't say we're made righteous. Correct, we are not made righteous. This, this is the big point. It's not because we're different and in we ourselves. And we yeah. don't earn yeah. by evangelical obedience. Yeah. We don't earn our righteousness or our ability to wear Christ's cloak. As you said, it's a gift of God. It is not, it is not earned and it, it is not because there has been some, some change in us that, that we merit justification uh, or anything, any other thing. This is strictly about the legal declaration. Now, that doesn't mean that there is no transformation in a believer, but that is a separate thing. And the great problem is that we tend to confuse uh, the grounds of our justification as being the amount of change that I have experienced uh, in my life. Have I, how, do I have, how have I positively met the, the, the expectations of God? Am I failing in those or succeeding in those? And so we can use the law of God as a grounds for our assurance and a grounds of our justification meaning our, our sanctification. So uh, there, there's, a, there's a real danger in confusing those two concepts of justification and sanctification. 
Now, we're going to talk about in future episodes uh, the sanctification, which is necessary and connected with justification. We'll talk about that. There, you can't have one without the other. They're both going to be present because we're connected to Christ. But this, that the grounds of our justification is never our sanctification. It's never our faith. The, the foundation of our justification is the active and passive obedience of Christ. The active meaning is completely obeying God's law, being made under the law, born of a woman, there in Galatians 4, 4, and living that. Yeah, his life, everything he did from day one to the end. And then the passive is the atoning work at the cross, the death, the taking on hell, and then rising on the third day for justification. That's the, that's the passive obedience, his laying down his life, yeah. So the next to the last sentence where it says, but, yep. so, so that's the opposite of what they just previously said. Yeah. But by imputing yes. obedience and satisfaction of Christ into them. Yeah. So unto that's them. unto them. So that's not right? into them. Well, okay, there's sorry. a big difference. Unto. Yeah. Unto. Yeah, that's the infusion okay. versus the infusion. Crediting it, yeah. Difficult. Yeah, crediting or accounting. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but it's the obedience and satisfaction of Christ. Mm-hmm. So all of Christ's life, mm-hmm. his obedience to the law right. in our place yeah. is imputed to us yeah. and to us. Yeah, and we're, we're, so this is getting it all out of us and into him. Yeah, right. so the whole foundation for so salvation is in him. All the, yeah. What it's not yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's Christ. Yeah. It's him, it's him and Him alone. And so that's why I say we're, we're saved by Christ alone, or through Christ alone. So Christ alone is the issue. Oh, and, yeah, please, thing. come on. And the only thing that involves us in that is yeah. receiving. Yeah. We receive it. Right, we rest and receive it. And yeah. we rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we receive and rest in Him. Okay, so, so that's, that would be receiving and resting could be uh, other ways of saying faith, right? So we receive and rest, which is, that, that's a descriptive way of what is faith well we receive christ and we rest on him for our salvation so or for our righteousness in this situation so so as you think about that uh let's look at uh romans uh 3 24 it says that previous verse says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus so it's 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 completely if you if you were to go back through Romans and read the whole book, which I do every week, uh, to 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 think about the sermon and what I'm gonna what I'm be preaching on, but but if you go through it, you would be completely baffled and astonished at everything being related to God's word, His declaring, and it is in Christ. It's every everything about it's in Christ, and it's because God says so. God says so. It's in Christ. It's never about us. It's always about. There's a righteousness from God uh, received through faith, uh, by, by, from faith uh, to faith. All right, it's like, it's like, so, so as you look at even Romans 1, go to Romans 1, 16 and 17. Uh, the, big, the big argument is that this is going to be concluded in, in, in Romans 3.20, that it's not from works of the law, but through faith, through faith, through faith. Uh, and then, and then we got to think about what is faith then, and is faith a uh, thing that we have done? No, no. Faith is our reaching out and receiving uh, something that someone else did for us. So it's never about our obedience; it is about what Christ has done. Okay. So as you think about, as far as our justification goes, so it says, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel." In Romans one sixteen, 
It is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So no distinction, the power of God for salvation, the gospel is. It says, for in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live by faith. It's revealed from faith for our faith, and, and we live by faith. Uh, not, uh, not, not from works, for works, and uh, live by works. Uh, this is the, the big distinction throughout the first of Romans is, is it by works that we're saved or by faith? That we're saved, and faith in faith is only as good as its object. You know, so, so, so faith is. Uh, he's going to make the case that that we are saved by, from, and for faith, and uh, that uh, that the wrath of God will be seen on all of mankind because no one has, by his own works, become righteous or been righteous or, or kept the standard, and which will lead us to Romans three twenty. It says, by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So therefore, a righteousness of God, in verse 21, has been manifested apart from the law. This is what the law and the prophets have been speaking about. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believed, or all who believe. Okay, now, and then he's going to say this righteousness. If you look at, you skip over the, the everyone sin verse in 23, and it says, it says that the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. So it's, it's completely about this righteousness of God coming through Jesus to us, being received by us through faith. That is the, the principal argument he wants to make in the entire book. And that changes everything. And so we're going to see today that we're going to become people that radically love our enemies, that show honor, that pray for people who, who hate us and bless people who curse us. We do that because God has treated us in such a gracious, gifting way where he would treat his enemies in such a beautiful way that because he doesn't love us because we are better than other people. Uh, we are enemies who, who have merited the crucifixion of his son and have been rebels against him, though he has dealt with us graciously and saved us in spite of our efforts to overthrow him. Okay, now, as you consider this, we are at uh, almost at the hour here. Uh, we are at the hour. I'll give you uh, one question today. Uh, is that uh, uh, how is justification more than just as if we never sinned? That's the question. How is justification more than just as if I'd never sinned? Well, you go back to the to the uh, the first paragraph, right? And you see, it's not just that I've been pardoned of my sins, but I've been accounted and accepted as righteous. And so we mm -hmm. we talked about this on Thursday, mm -hmm. and uh, the way that I've I've heard it said is that we're not just okay. Here we are, mm -hmm. uh, dead in our sin. It's not just that we're at a neutral standing mm -hmm. that we've been forgiven. Yeah. But we must be made, we must go further than that. We must be in a good standing with God. Well done. Justified. Yeah. So you're that's great. Where righteousness comes in. Yeah. You're, you're, you're as righteous as Jesus is ever going to be or ever will be. You are, you are as Christ. So, so if, you're, if you're justified for five minutes, then 50 years later, are you any more or less justified than you were five minutes? In justification, justification never flow, never ebbs or flows. It's always the same, right? That is a crucial.
category to get in your mind. You never are any more or less justified than you were in the very beginning. Justification is a static, never-changing estate, a status that you have been declared because of the gift of God, the grace of God. That is what he has given to you, and it can never be taken away because the foundation is not in you. The foundation's in him. Okay, that's, that's a big point, so that's something to chew on. You've got a, a million verses listed here on your, on your handout. And you've also got, uh, please, please go to the back page, and you'll see, uh, well, the second page, you've got uh, three questions from the larger catechism to look through with Scripture proofs on justification. Uh, actually, four of them. It's 70 through 73. And then question 33 there, that is the Westminster Shorter Catechism question. So uh, I, would, I would commend you to, to work your way through those this week. And we will reconvene next week for round two of justification. So we'll go through some of the questions and look at the second through six paragraphs next week in the class. So any other any thoughts or questions before we rock, wrap it up? Thanks for, thanks for interaction today. This is great. Beautiful. Okay, okay, we'll talk later. All right, let's uh, wrap it up, try to do better next time. Uh, let's pray. Our God in heaven, we thank you that uh, you have justified us freely, that uh, we are uh, not ebbing and flowing in our state of justification. We rejoice in what we've received in Christ. We pray that you would work in us and through us more and more worship unto you and joy in you and righteous uh, acts uh, to, uh, to, uh, to adorn uh, this gospel we've received, this gospel justification. So we praise you. We ask that you'd help us to keep it straight in our minds that we can never become any more or less justified with you because of your faithfulness and your promise and the atoning for uh, our sins through Christ and uh, counting us righteous in him through faith. So we pray that you would work all these uh, wonderful messages into our hearts so we might walk confidently uh, and, and humbly and joyfully before you all of our days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, love you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah.